Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I want to open up with a story. This just happened in January. Um, my wife, my birthday's in December, so she, she wanted to have a party for me with our kids coming over. And, and so she picked the second week in January. Then my mom died on January 1st, so we canceled it. But uh, my grandkids didn't know that, so they, they made me homemade cards. You know, they drew pictures and wrote happy birthday poppy. They even bought me a, this cool little dollar store gift. And, and uh, so when, when their mom and dad said, hey, hey uh, poppy's party was canceled, they were really upset. And they were saying, we know we want to we go. No, no, we have to go. So Joe called uh, his mom, my wife, and, and said, hey, can they bring the gifts over? And Gina asked me, I said, are you kidding? Yeah, the grandkids. So they came over and I'm sitting on the kitchen table. They have their coats on. They walk in the door, and when they see me, they run to me, Poppy, Poppy, happy birthday. And then Joey, who's seven, he shows me his card, and he wrote, he can write and spell really well and had a cool picture. Then Riley's five. She, she writes words, but she doesn't know what they mean. We don't know what they mean. <laughs> but she reads them the same every time. So she read it to me, and maybe she created a language. I don't know, a new language. But then she gave me, she said, here's a gift from us. And I opened the gift, and here, here's the gift. It says, All-Star Grandpa. And they're like so excited, and they give me the gift. Now listen, listen. If you would have given the church a million dollars, I would not have smiled more than my grandkids made me smile that day. And the reason they made me smile was because I could see they loved me. I could see they wanted to give those to me. I could see it was something that came out of their hearts. And you know what? Today we're going to talk about you and I and God, and I titled this series, Pleasing God, Living a Life That Makes God Smile. And we're going to talk today about what this first lesson, I call it the why behind the what. And what I'm referring to, the why that I'm referring to is, hey, why do we read our Bibles and God gives us instructions and says, I'd like you to live this way, not that way. I'd like you to do this, not that. Why do we do those things? What's the reason we do those things? And I, I'm convinced after pastoring this church for almost 34 years, working with Christians for that long, I'm con- convinced so many Christians, the reason they do things is out of guilt. Uh, the reason they do things is hoping God will accept them and be, be happy with them and receive them and love them. And this first lesson, I want to talk about what I would call the most incredible foundational truth ever. And this is my point for today, all right? We live for him because of his love for us. We don't live for him and do things that the Bible asks us to do so he'll love us. We live for him because he does love us. Now, I want to ask you a question. If, if Joey and Riley were to have a conversation, could you imagine this conversation ever happening? Joey 7, Riley 5. Hey, Riley. We should make Poppy some birthday cards and get him this trophy at the dollar store. And maybe if we do it, he'll love us. Maybe he'll love us. Maybe he'll accept us as our grandchildren. Do you think that that ever went on, that conversation? Are you kidding me? No. Do you know why they did that? They know I love them. You know, Joe and Aaron were out, they they went out of state to a minister's conference. And I was scheduled to go. And then when my mom passed, I, I just called the 
and said, I'm, I'm going to send my son, let him take care of it. And I just stayed home to grieve a little bit. And so we were watching the kids. And uh, since they were coming, I went out and bought uh, CO2 air-powered air BB gun pistols. And, and I set up a BB gun shooting range in my basement with blankets. And, and I bought all these targets. And I asked Joe and Aaron permission and I bought him special safety glasses, and I gave Joe all this, little Joe, I gave him all this uh, gun safety things, but we sat down there for two hours the first night and just shot, shot. I mean, it was awesome. Then Riley came down for an hour, and, sh and I let her shoot for an hour, and I shared all that to say this. They know I adore them because of things like that, because I just want to hang out with them. So why did they do that? They did it because they know I love them, and they know it's unconditional. And what I want to talk about today is you and I coming to the place to where we understand God loves us just because we accepted Jesus. And no matter how you live your life as a Christian, no matter how full blast and how on fire for God you are, or maybe if you're on the opposite end as a Christian, do you know he loves you the same no matter how you live your life? Now you can do things that will make him more pleased. You can do bad things that will mess your life up because you, you know you're so bad seed it could come back and bite you but listen guys God loves you as much now as he'll ever love you and you cannot do anything to make him love you more we live for him because of his love for us so I came up with what I call four forevers and do you know the Bible talks about four forevers for you and I as, as Christians if you are a Christian that means you accepted Christ you said I believe in you do you know that there are four forevers that will never change and that God feels this way about you? And the first one is this, you're forever chosen. And that's a big deal. Now, when I was in, um, in grade school, and, and those of you that are my age, uh, this happened with you too. In gym class, they'd pick two captains. The rest of us would stand against the wall and the two captains would pick players for their teams, right? And... Uh, Thankfully, I was always one of the, you know, top people to go in gym class, but I used to stand there and think, wow, I feel bad for those people, but I never understood how it felt for the ones that were picked last, but I thought it must not feel good. Then I had an English teacher in, in grade school who decided to do a spell-off, and uh, he, she wanted two teams, and so she picked two captains. Now, I would be considered, my grandson's already, he's seven, he's a better speller than I am already. Um, I would be considered a terrible speller. How many of you thank God for spell check? Aren't you glad for spell check? So, I was so bad, and not only am I a, a, a terrible speller, if you stand me up in front of a class when I was in grade school, I would be so nervous that I couldn't spell words I knew how to spell. Some of the three letter words. So, the teacher would say cat, and I would say K. A-T. And the teacher would go wrong. I'd go, no, no, K-A-T-T. -T. And uh, I just stunk at spelling. So now I'm against the wall. There's two coaches there, and they're picking the team. And you know I went last every single time we did that. And I felt shame that I had never felt ever before in my life. And I thought, wow, the only reason they picked me is because they had to. They didn't want me on their team. But here's what I want to tell you about God. You're forever chosen, and, and God, listen to this. Every one of us in this room, God chose you first. You might wonder, how can God do that? Well, God can do it because he's God. He chose you first. You weren't last. You weren't because I have to. 
He chose you because he wanted to. And he, I'm talking about him choosing you to be his kid. It's absolutely amazing. So let, let's, look at, let's look at a scripture. Um, this is Ephesians 1.4. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. So for those of you that are new, I, here's one of the things I love about believers. Uh, every weekend in the lobby, I run into people that say, I accepted Jesus last week. I accepted Jesus three, three, three months ago. It's awesome. And then we have people like me and people that have known Jesus even longer than I have and all of us in between. And so if you're new, this, this is powerful. Listen, long ago, before Jesus, before God made the earth, before anything was made, listen to what it says, he chose us. And notice it doesn't say you, it says us. God chose us all at the same time. He chose humanity. And he said, you know what? I'm going to have my son die for humanity, and I'm going to make them my kids. Now, not all of humanity responds, but you were chosen before the world was even ever created. And I love this because do you know there was no time until God created the universe? So God stands outside of time. God stands above time. That's why the Bible says he can see the beginning all the way to the end. I don't know how, only God can do it, right? My mind can't figure it all out. I can just tell you he stands outside of time. That's amazing. And he saw you, and he knew what you'd be like. He knew how many times you'd, you'd fail. He, he would know your propensity to failure. He would know all your weaknesses. He would know how you were going to be as a non-Christian versus, you know, before you met him. And, and I was not a great guy before I met Jesus. I always say I was creepy, and my kids say, Dad, don't say creepy. Creepy means something really bad today. And I go, well, when I, was, when I was young, when we created the word creepy, it didn't mean that. So they say, don't say that word. But I was a bad kid, okay? I was a bad kid. But he knew that, and he still chose me. Whatever you were, he knew it, and he chose you. Listen to this. Listen. Long before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own, to, to be his kids, through what Christ would do for us. He decided then to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault. We'll talk about that in a moment. We who stand before him covered with his love. Listen to verse 5. His unchanging plan, it's forever, has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And I love this part. And he did this because he wanted to. You weren't the last one left and he had to pick you. Isn't that awesome? He wanted you. He wanted you to be his kid. That's amazing. I want to tell you something. Um, when I sat down and I, I, I did these notes and I was finished and I looked at them, tears literally came to my eyes. And I want you to know what, what that means. I realize I'm not the toughest guy in this room. I realize in my prime I wouldn't be the toughest guy in this room. But you have to admit I'm a guy, right? And I'm, I have a deep voice, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man, all right? And I'm not one to cry. I mean, now that I'm older, there's a couple movies, certain parts, I feel some tears, but I fight them off. I fight them off. But my eyes welled up with tears, and, and, and I thought, you know what, God? I know everything I'm teaching. I've known this for a long time, but I saw it. It opened up further than it's ever opened up, and it, it just blew me away. And I said, God, let that happen today with every one of us in this room. Let us see we live for him because of his love for us. That's the why behind the what. We are forever chosen. Here's the second one, guys. You're forever perfect. Perfect means flawless. Can we all agree on the outside none of us are flawless, you know? 
My wife always says, if you're going to take a picture of her, she will stop you if you're taking the wrong side. Not this side. That's the wrong side. Take this side. And I, I can't tell the difference, but she somehow can. And in the lobby today, you're not allowed to tell me which side's my good side. I don't want to know. I don't even want to think about it, all right? But she always says, you know, not this side, that side. Well, we're talking about the real you. The real you is perfect, but the outside us isn't. And I had an idea, and I went searching the Internet like I awesome, or often do, and I, I had an idea, and I found something. I found this guy. He's an okay-looking guy. Some of you might know who he is. Some of you may not. But he's okay-looking. But I love what they did with him. They took his face, and then they made his left side they made, they made two left sides with one picture and two right sides with another. And you can tell he has a better side than, than the other side. So I don't know if you know him. His name's uh, Brad Pitt. I don't know if you guys know Brad. I think he's an actor, right? So see the picture of Brad on the left? That's his normal picture. But the Brad that is in the middle, they took two left sides. So they made his right side identical to his left side. So that's two left. You can tell that's his better side because... The picture on your right, that's, that's Brad's left being like his right, and he doesn't look that great. It really changed him, right? But it's amazing how even a, a supposedly really good-looking guy isn't perfect. None of us are perfect. No matter who you are, we're not perfect on the outside. But on the inside, you are flawless, and that's what it means to be perfect. You're flawless. When you accepted Christ... He made you brand new on the inside. The real you is the person on the inside. Those of us who have been around, we all know that, but I'm, I'm just talking now to the ones that have met, met Jesus recently. When you accepted him, he recreated your spirit man, the real you. Your spirit man looks just like your body, only it's perfect. It has eyes and hands and arms. He recreated it in his image. And listen to what the Bible says, Hebrews 10, 14. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. The offering was Jesus dying and when you accepted him. Now, notice the last part of this verse. Those who are being made holy. It's so cool. Uh, theologians would tell you this is referring to uh, sanctification. Sanctification or being made holy just simply means this. What we are on the inside, we begin to live that way on the outside. That's a process. It takes forever. As long as you're a Christian, you'll never finish it. We can keep getting better and better and more and more like Jesus. But None of us will ever perfect that. So that's happening on the outside, but that will never happen on the outside until you understand the first part of the verse. It says this, For by that one offering he made perfect, he made forever perfect those who are being made holy. So on the inside, you're forever perfect. You're flawless. You're forever chosen. You're forever perfect. And I'm just going to throw a Greek word at you. I'm not even going to bother to pronounce it or enunciate it. But, but here you go. It's the word perfect. It means this, to make perfect, to make complete without a flaw, to be found perfect or flawless. The real you is flawless. And you say, but Pastor Joe, you don't know, you, you don't know what I did this week. You don't know how I've been living. Yeah, I love Jesus, but well, we're talking about the inside. You'll never live right on the outside until you see what you're like on the inside. You know, when our kids were young, there were, were a few times... We gave them a bath. We dressed them up because we were going somewhere. They went outside and they fall in a mud puddle. They get all dirty. Can I ask you a question? Were they still our kids? Still our kids. They're just dirty. Some of you are jumping in some mud. You shouldn't jump in, but you're still a child of God. You're forever chosen. You're forever perfect. And I love this one, which is powerful. 
you're forever holy. And I thought at this point I'd talk about forever because forever is forever. And that means that if you accepted Jesus, this doesn't change when you make mistakes or you sin. You're forever chosen, perfect, and holy. So about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, um, a young man in the church who's now my future son-in-law, Steve, uh, he and my daughter, Michelle, will be married in March. And Michelle wanted to do a, a, just a really small destination wedding in Chicago, her mom's hometown. So they're getting married in March in Chicago. But Steve didn't even know Michelle existed. Michelle was uh, four or five years younger than Steve. So he's, he's a freshman in college. And he's selling these, these Cutco knives. Some of you know what Cutco knives are. So he comes over and he makes a presentation to my wife. Now Steve's mom is, is still one of our pastors. She was one of our pastors at that time. So, uh, you know, he comes over. I'm not there. He makes a presentation. I come home and my wife says, honey, we need to buy these, this set of knives off of Steve. I said, well, what do they cost? And she told me what they cost and I almost passed out. <laughs> I said, no, no, we're not doing that. That's too much. So she said, but they have a forever guarantee. I said, what does that mean? She said, well, they have a forever performance guarantee, forever breakage guarantee. If you break them, uh, you, you send it back, they send you a new one, and they have a forever sharpen guarantee. You can send them back, they'll sharpen them for free and send them back to you. And I said, well, honey, that's great, but why don't we forever buy cheap knives and throw them away <laughs> when they break and throw them away when they're not sharp and we still won't spend as much money. So then she said, well, Look at this. And she gets the scissors, she grabs a penny, and she cuts a penny in half. And I go, well, that changes everything. <laughs> I said, you know how I make a penny in bean stir-fry every Friday? I said, now I can, instead of eating whole pennies, I can cut them, and it's going to make my life. I said, honey, no. We're not just going to do it. And she said, honey, this is for Tony's son. This is for Steve's education. He's working his way through college. And she talked me into it, so we bought them. You know what? We broke, we broke tons of them. Every time we break them, they don't ask why. You mail it back, they send you a brand new one. They don't fix it, they send you a brand new one. We've sent them in to be sharpened year after year. They do. And I don't work for Cutco. I don't know anybody that does. I'm not trying to sell a product. I probably still would buy the cheap knives. But, <coughs> but, 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 here's why I share these stories, and this story in particular. You know, Cutco has a forever guarantee, but they could go out of business. They can't forever stay in business. They may for a long time, but they're, they're just a normal company. And if they go out of business, that guarantee is no longer any good. But God made this guarantee to you, and God's not going out of business. And God said, if you accept Jesus, you're forever chosen. It never changes. He said, you're forever perfect. And then he said, you're forever holy. That's amazing. Let's talk about what it means to be holy. It's, it's an amazing thing. Um, Hebrews 10.10, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So here's the deal. No matter how you live, God will never love you any more or less. You might please Him if you live the right way. You will please Him if you live the right way. But He loves you as much now as He'll ever love you. And, and you cannot work for his acceptance. He's accepted you already. You're loved already. And you are as holy right now as you'll ever be. We're talking the inside. Can you live holier on the outside? Sure. 
We all can live holier on the outside, and we want to. We want to please God, but you cannot be any holier than you are. And, and I like this, once and for all time. You say, but Pastor Joe, you don't know what I did this week. Well, it was you falling in the mud because you're still God's kid and you're still holy. You're forever, forever chosen, forever perfect, forever holy. Listen to this verse, Colossians 1, 21 through 23. Once you were an alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behaviors. That's how I was before I was a Christian. Verse 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. That means Jesus died for you when you accept him. Here's what happened. Think about this. When you accepted Jesus, here's what happened. It's amazing. He presented you to God, holy in his sight. We're going to talk about holiness in a future lesson. It's amazing. You're pure. You have no no stain, no sin whatsoever. He presented you holy in his sight. Listen to this. Without blemish, you're flawless. You're perfect. And I love this. Free from all accusation. And then it says, if you continue in your faith. And all that means is if you keep believing in Jesus. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. But, you know, the Bible calls our enemy the accuser of the brethren, which means the accuser of Christians. And if you've accepted Jesus, our enemy will put thoughts in our mind that we're not worthy, that we're no good, that we failed, and he will just keep ramming thoughts at us. And Christians walk around in a state of shame and depression, and that's the very thing that stops them from pleasing God because they don't even know who they are and they don't even know what God's done for them. And so if we can come to where we understand, we are forever chosen, perfect, and holy, it changes everything. But then I notice there's one more forever we need to really understand, and this is really cool. Take a look at this one, guys. We're forever secure. I like that. Now, if I had $1,000, some people say nickels, I'm saying 1,000, right? If I had $1,000 for every time one of the members of the church over the 34 years that I've pastored believers, if I had $1,000 for every time someone came up to me and said, Pastor, I think I committed the unpardonable sin. I'd be a millionaire. People ask me it all the time. And I always give them the same answer. So you guys ready for the answer? If you ever thought you committed the unpardonable sin? It's really theological. I don't want to go over your heads. But, but I'll, make, I'll try to break it down and make it simple. Here's the answer I give them every time. No, you didn't. And the response is amazing. Here's the response. You don't even know what I did. How can you say that that I didn't commit it. You don't even know what I did. I go, I don't have to. No, but I really think I did. I think I, I, think I blasphemed the Holy Ghost. I think it's really bad, and I think I denied Christ. And, and I go, no, you didn't. How do you know? And I say, it's really simple. Listen, listen. If you committed the unpardonable sin, if you denied Christ, you would hate God, you would hate Jesus, you would hate church, and you would hate me because I'm connected to church. Uh, and why are you here? Why do you care? If you care, you did not commit it. And it sets people free. You wouldn't care if you did it. If, if you did it, you wouldn't want anything to do with God. And so many Christians are always worried about falling out of God's grace. And, you know, am I secure in my salvation? Yes. You are secure in your salvation. You are secure because of what Jesus has done for you. So here's a really cool scripture. I love this scripture. Second uh, Timothy 2, 11. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Translated, 
When you accepted Jesus, the Bible says you were crucified with Christ. They call that baptism into Christ. That's what it means to die with him. If you've accepted Jesus, you'll be raised from the dead. You get to go to heaven. Hey, you can't work your way to heaven. And, 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 and if, if there's one thing you can do bad enough to keep you out of heaven, where's God drawn that line? Because I, I think I might have crossed it a few times as a Christian. Uh, where, where's it at? No, you can't work your way to heaven. You believe to go to heaven. Listen to verse 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. That's talking about just living the life full blast. Treasures when you get there, you're going to be blessed in heaven. It goes on to say, if we deny him, he also will deny us. And I want to talk to you about that. But I love verse 13. You guys ready for verse 13? If we are faithless, another way of saying it, if we're unfaithful. Have you ever been unfaithful as a Christian? I have. If we're unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Did you notice what God just did? God just said, you are one with him. And he said, I can't deny myself. You say, but I've been unfaithful. Well, that's not good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you that you start living for God that so he smiles and you start living to please God. And you're going to need prayer in order to do that. And, and it takes time to grow in that. But listen to me very carefully. He will never deny himself. So then he throws the ball in our court. And, and theologians argue about what I'm, what this, this part here, the last part of verse 12 if we deny him, he also will deny us. Some theologians say that's referring to a non-Christian, not a Christian. And, 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 and a simple, in my opinion, a simple rule of Bible interpretation is if everything here is to the Christian, he didn't just throw in one thing for the non-Christian. That's just simple Bible interpretation. But in order for you to deny Christ, you know what that means? That means for you to reject him. How do you accept him? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. I believe you're the Savior. I accept you, Jesus. How do you, how do you deny him? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. You're not Lord Jesus. I don't believe in you anymore. That is hard to do. I have never met a Christian that's done that. I've met some that played in the mud really deep, but I've never met a Christian that's denied Jesus. I know one man of God who's now in heaven that said he knew one person that did it. And you know what, you know what, she, what she was like after she did it? She cussed God out. She cussed him out. She cussed her husband out, who was a pastor. She hated God. And that's why I know you're going to have a different response if you do it. It's nearly impossible to do. But here's what God's trying to say. I'm never going to let you go. If you, if, if you go, you're going to jump out of, out of my hand, baby. And I think that's almost nearly impossible to do. But listen, wherever you are theologically, listen to this next one. It's so cool. John 10, 28, 29. I give them eternal life. If you accepted Jesus, he gave you eternal life. You're forever chosen, forever perfect, forever holy. I mean, he's done it all. And they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So here's what God said. He says, I got a double grip on you. If you're a Christian, Jesus' hand, God, it's like no one's going to ever take you out of the hand of God. You're forever secure. Now, some people might say, well, pastor, if you teach that, you're giving people a license to just go sin. Are you crazy? Listen, listen. We live for him because we know how he loves us. That's why we live for him. We know what he's done for us. And I am living proof. Do you know why I live for God? Not just pastor a church. You can pastor a church professionally. I mean, I live for God at home. I live for God behind closed doors. I live for God when I'm all by myself, wherever I'm at. I don't I live full blast for God. You know why I do? Because I know 
that I'm forever chosen, forever flawless, forever holy, and forever secure. And I am so thankful that God took, I want to say creep again, a creep like me, a, a bad guy like me, and he put me in his hand, he put you in his hand, and he said, I've changed you forever. You're forever my kid. You're forever holy, perfect, flawless, and secure. I don't know about you, but that makes me really, really excited. And that, seeing that just brought the tears to my eyes that day. So here's where this series is going. That's the why behind the what. Um, we want to talk about the fact that God wants us to find out what pleases the Lord. That, you know, that's in the Bible. We just read the Bible and say, okay, God, what pleases you? Whatever pleases you, that's what I want to do. Listen to Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Isn't that what we've said all along? God made you light, so now you can live as light. God made you holy, so now you can live holy. It's saying the same thing, different way. Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10. And find out what pleases the Lord. So I have four lessons left. I made this five lessons. And I'm going to talk about the top four things that please God. We're going to have a blast, but we're going to know the why behind the what. Every week I'm going to remind you. The why behind the what is we live for him because of his love for us, because we are accepted, we are forgiven. So in a moment we're going to worship, and you're going to just want to worship God and thank him for what he's done in your life. But before we do that, can, can we pray? Can we close our eyes, bow our heads, and pray, Lord, I thank you for every incredible person in this room. Lord, make this more real to us as we go through the week. Just make it so real to us, Lord. And Lord, if there's anyone here that has not yet received God reaching out and saying, I want you. I want you to be one of my kids. They haven't received him choosing them. Lord, may this be the day it happens. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen up. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion right now. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church or not. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All good things. You know, you can do all those things and, and, and actually not be a Christian. Because becoming a Christian is something you do in your heart. So here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a moment in your life where you made it real, you made it personal, and you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Savior, and I make a decision today to accept you and to follow you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, I can't remember that, but Pastor Joe, I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, can we help them out? Just, just if you mean it from your heart, a miracle happens, just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And, and this day I give my heart to Jesus. Now just pause for a moment. Now we're going to shift gears. We're going to make it personal. So say this after me. Say, Jesus... I believe you're the Savior. I, I believe you're raised from the dead. And this day, I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.